So welcome to this next episode of the Dentist Profit Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Harry Singh, helping you grow your facial aesthetics business. Really excited to have this guest on my podcast, known him for a number of years. I won't embarrass him or myself on how long we've known each other. I mean, it's all black and white TV then, wasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'd like to introduce um, Eddie Hooker, who's the chief exec of Hampton Fraser. Obviously, everyone's heard of Hampton Fraser Insurance Services. So welcome to the podcast, Eddie. Harry, lovely to speak to you. Thank you for inviting me on. I, I see you didn't say lovely to see you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> it's go- it, There's no video, I understand, on this. So um, no, uh, no. your listeners will have to just imagine what I look like if they've never met me. <laughs> Well, voice sounds quite sexy, so you never know. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, I know you need no introduction, but just in case people have been hiding under a rock for the last 50-odd years, if you want to introduce yourself, and um, what's your involvement in the aesthetics industry? Thanks, Harry. Well, uh, Hamilton Fraser goes back um, many years, back to we we actually set the company up in 1996. So okay. it's all pre um uh, well, I call it the, the, the Botox boom, but you obviously can't use the word Botox, but the, the botulinum toxin boom. But our original uh, exposure or experience of the aesthetic sector was um, when we set up the business, we had um, a relatively uh, small number of nurses that were insuring with us for um, a filler, okay. uh, which was uh, the collagen the collagen filler for that some of your um can i use the word older listeners i don't mean this to be disrespectful for some of our more mature listeners uh will remember collagen uk and that was a um one of the first fillers on the uk market yeah and um i at the time i was what 28 29 i'd had no idea i was just a guy a lad uh that wanted to set up my own business and see if i could uh look after my family uh, going forward but I came across this these nurses that were were uh, injecting the collagen filler and um, I went to see uh, uh, um, Collagen UK actually to, to find out more about okay. what it's all about and um, that's where I met some of my oldest friends uh, in the aesthetics um, you know Lorna Bowes and Emma Davis and people like that they were they were nurse trainers for Collagen UK and um, very quickly um, they invited me to come up every month and do a half hour chat on insurance with their delegates and that was probably one of my favourite times in my uh, working career because nurses are just lovely always have been always and I'd, I'd get an hour with three or four nurses and we would just talk about everything and I learned more and more and more about um, the filler market and then they would leave Collagen UK set up their own uh, courses or they went to work with QMed or they actually went to work with Allergan Um, and then I got in there and then I started doing the same sort of talks so that's how I first got involved just learning about what what were these the, these amazing fillers and then how did I insure them and we came up with a little product a little med- medical malpractice medical indemnity product uh, to protect them if something went wrong and then the whole thing 
just spiraled, Harry. And then in the late 90s, so two, three years later, of course, the Botox boom hit. And we were the only company in the UK that actually could provide this insurance at a low cost. And then I met people like uh, yourself. I then met Dr. Bob Carner, uh, trying to get into the dental market. And we were just prime. We were in the right place at the right time. Sorry, that was my phone going off. (laughs) Um, We were in the right place at the right time. Um, But I just, I love the industry because it's so fast moving. And we now insure practitioners for more than 120 different types of aesthetic treatment. Anything from toxins to fillers to hair restoration to uh, mesotherapy to um, the whole thing, thread lifting, right the way up to the more invasive treatments, which um, a lot of the surgeons are doing. But um, I, I would say, I hope I don't sound arrogant. If it wasn't for Hamilton Fraser, I think the aesthetics market would have been slower to take off. Because we offered a very low cost, easy to access indemnity policy uh, that we actually made our name there. And as people like the RCN pulled out of offering indemnity, as some of the other medical defence unions have, they all flopped through. Um, uh, But, you know, one of the things Hamilton Fraser was pretty good at is that when a practitioner rings us, when we pick the phone up and we talk to them, they don't have to explain what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So if you go to a normal broker or a normal insurance provider, and then you say, I'm injecting, I don't know, a toxin into the face. You're with me, Harry. They go, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to go through the whole, oh, no, no, it's not that bad. But we get, my staff are very tra- much yeah, trained. Yeah. They're not medical, but they're very much trained on the treatments. And we go to lots of training courses and we meet lots of people and we understand. So that was my, that's my quick journey uh, into the aesthetics sector. Yeah. No, but you're definitely right, Eddie, because I remember in early 2000 when I did the training, rang up my dental indemnity. They go, no, we don't cover you for facial aesthetics. Then GDC didn't want us to do facial aesthetics. Mm. And you, you guys were the only place I could get insurance. Absolutely. I mean, it's slightly different now, Harry. There are three or four or five other competitors. But I do I do pride us that, you know, when we bring people in to um, administer the insurance, the first year of their training with us is all about the treatments and all about the types of practitioner we're involved in so many different committees and meetings you just look I mean that's my favorite bit about working anyway I learn something near enough every day yeah definitely because I remember I've been going to your offices when you were in Barnet and you were setting up this new committee it's like you're not just a broker that takes people's money you want to grow the industry get involved Yeah, the the actual cornerstone of everything that I do with the company, and we do lots of other areas, we work in the private rented sector as well, but it's all about raising standards. Yeah. And I think if uh, rather than bringing everyone down to a lower level in the market, we should be looking at the people that are at the lowest level and bringing them up to the right standard. And I think that's how the world should work you with me that everyone should have the ability to get better and improve and all we try to do is put some of those building blocks in that you can get better yeah 
someone doesn't want to get better, we don't want to insure them. You yeah. live you know, it's about growing people. And that's what this podcast is about as well. So it's a quite a nice link, isn't it, that you're trying to help practitioners grow their business and become better practitioners yeah. rather than preaching to the people of, you know, multimillionaires in the industry that have made it. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what we're all about, is yeah. it? And it's going back to your team of ran because there was new services that I started offering, for example, fat dissolving injections. Yeah. It only came a month, it was a month after it came out, rang your office and they knew everything about the product. And I didn't have to, they didn't have to query, I didn't have to explain. They go, yeah, you're covered. This is what we need to do. So, so a lot of manufacturers, Harry, will actually ring us before they launch a product. Yeah. We'll have chats with them. We'll get the, uh, we'll get all the technical spec sheets and we'll prepare the insurance companies behind the scenes who are taking the risk for us yeah. and we do all that work so i i met um i met one uh, lovely lady emma emma cameron who people may know and um she was uh, working for uh, galderma at the time or uh, one of the one of the big guys and they were trying to bring in a product and she rang me and said unless we can get insurance this product will stall day one can you help so we did a lot of work behind the scenes and we do this all the time. But when manufacturers are launching products into the UK, they've already had a yes, we'll ensure that tick in the box. Okay. And that's really quite important for the industry that you yeah. know that when a new product comes out as you as a practitioner, that you can ring us up and we'll say, yes, we'll protect you for that if it goes wrong. That's quite an interesting point because I guarantee you a lot of practitioners will not ring you guys up first. They'll do the course or new yeah. procedure and then try to get covered. So yeah. you advise all the practitioners, any new techniques, procedures to ring up you guys first. Will you cover me? Absolutely. And- Double check that we can cover it. If we don't cover it, you're probably guaranteed the rest of the market will wait for us to do something first. That's quite a valuable lesson because you don't want to be spending thousands of pounds on a new technique, new procedure, new product and not getting yeah, And you find yeah. out you can't get insurance for it. Absolutely. So, yeah, so use us um, as much of, as an advice centre, yeah. uh, as much as buying insurance from us. Yeah. Um, obviously, complications we know is part of the thing in aesthetics. Yeah. Um, what I've found really helpful with Hampton Fraser is when you get complications or patient complaints you're very robust in terms of defending the practitioner compared to some of the dental indemnifiers where they'll just cave in and say give the patient the money um even though you've done nothing wrong but with all the stress so how do you so what is your process there's always there are you know most claims i mean i say to people you know big poster don't panic yeah, you're not actually going to be sued all over the place by people. Uh, most treatments are temp- uh, most treatments cause temporary complications. Yeah? Yeah. So in most cases, those uh, complications which a patient has experienced, those contraindications generally will disappear, yeah. um, and it's just about managing it, managing that process. I'll talk a little bit about aftercare because that's something that is really important for uh, for practitioners starting up is to look at their aftercare service. But ultimately, if you ring Hamilton Fraser with an issue, we will talk it through with you. Now, if it is a dissatisfaction issue, 
So I want to be Brad Pitt. And I turn up to you, Harry, and say, make me look like Brad Pitt. I thought and I was talking to Brad Pitt. Well, after you've got off, off, <laughs> off, off the floor, up off the floor and say, Ed, I'm sorry, you need a psychiatrist, not a, a dermatologist or uh, an aesthetic practitioner. A lot of people go in with pre preconceived ideas when they're going to see the practitioner, the doctor, the nurse, the dentist, and you get that, yeah? So when they don't look like Brad Pitt, because they were never going to look like Brad Pitt, then they complain, yeah? yeah? So our job is to really talk the practitioner through that, yeah? Are they really just unhappy with the, the outcome, or has there been a major problem? Now, the insurance policies will only really pay out, Harry, if there is physical damage. Okay. Yeah. So some so a drooping eye, eye, eye eyelid or um, a swelling or uh, an infection or something like that. And that's generally where we will protect the practitioner in a formal claim. For the normal dissatisfactions, there's loads of different ways of dealing with it, ranging from good aftercare, yeah, to giving the money back. But giving the money back isn't the easiest way of doing things. You need to have a way of giving that money back because once you give the money back, the the patient thinks you've admitted that you've done something wrong. Then they've got you on the run. So we will then provide the documents to say, yes, Mr. Patient, we'll provide you your money back, but you need to sign this declaration that you will not hold me responsible for anything else and stuff like that. Other other complaints, we just like to know about them, yeah. But yeah. we only we don't see. Let's be honest. I'm going to tell you guys something, um, um, which a lot of people don't know. The the frequency of claims is very low. Yeah, yeah. we insure eleven thousand practitioners in the market, just doing fillers, toxins, and that sort of thing. If we see more than ten claims a month. we know there's something wrong so don't get me wrong i don't want anyone to panic this is not claims coming in all over the place the downside is that the claims we do deal with are five figure numbers okay 50 60 70 000 quid they are expensive because the lawyers make all the bloody money excuse me the lawyers make all the money yeah? yeah so you need the insurance, not for these general little complaints. Yeah. It's when something does go wrong. Yeah. And, and as I say, the average toxin claim we're dealing with is 40 grand. Oh, God. At average. Some yeah. are smaller, some are a lot bigger. But overall, out of the two, 300 claims we deal with a year, the average is about 40 grand. So that's crippling for a new practitioner in the market, for any practitioner, yeah? yeah? So we like to know when something's gone wrong, just in case. If you get a letter from your customer, your mm. patient, or a lawyer's letter or a written dissatisfaction, written complaint, we need to know immediately, yeah? yeah? Because then we know they're thinking about suing. But if you just get a, get a text, if you get a WhatsApp, get a phone call saying, yeah. oh, I didn't look like Brad Pitt, Harry. What's going <laughs> on? That is, we can manage that. And you guys are good enough to manage that anyway. Yeah, yeah. I just want to pick up very quickly. I know we're limited to time on aftercare, Harry. Really important. A lot of practitioners are focused on getting business in the door. 
Yeah. Yeah. Getting new customers, new patients coming in the door. A lot of practitioners are not very good at the aftercare. So when you've done your the, the treatment or you're in the middle of a series of treatments, a program, what sort of aftercare are you providing? If your aftercare is your telephone number, your mobile, and that patient rings you when you're in the middle of the cinema at half past nine on a Saturday night, yeah. well, you're not going to pick the phone up. No. So that's poor aftercare. Poor aftercare leads to frustration and anger by the customer which then leads to them taking action against you. So think very carefully. Have you got a website? Have you got an area on that website that they can download information about possible uh, 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 issues that they might be experiencing? Have you got an after hours phone number that doesn't go through to your mobile and then you change your mobile number and then they can't get hold of you? If people are texting you, remember, if a claim does happen, the way we look at a claim is who said what, where and when. But if you've got it on your text and then you delete that text, you've lost everything. So try and put something in place that if your customer is worried about anything at all, yeah, there's somewhere where they can go. Yeah. area on the website where they can put in, please ring me, Harry. Please ring me, Eddie, or a telephone service that sounds a bit more professional and that you will pick up that call. You with me? No, definitely. And actually, the best practitioners do that and they see a lower level of complaints against them. Anyway, I'm lecturing now. (laughs) As I say, and it's like we know in medical procedures, not the nature of the complaint, it's how you deal with the complaint. Absolutely. And do you know what? Most of them, we only deal with medics. We don't deal with beauticians. We don't deal with therapists. We only ensure these treatments for qualified medical professionals. And, And the other reason I love the industry is that you guys are naturally people, people. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to be out. So you know that when a complaint comes in, one, it's like a dagger to the heart. It really upsets you. But secondly, you're all in the care industry. So you don't want anyone to be hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. But if your services around it do not portray that to the customer, they're going to think of you like they'd think of any other service they get. Yeah. Yeah, you've just taken my money. You don't care. Yeah. And then that's where the problems come up. You with yeah. me? And also that highlights the other problem, as you mentioned before, is because we're a caring industry, caring profession, a lot of practitioners will be quick to give their money back. But as you said, don't give money back until you spoke. No, be very careful when you give your money back because you effectively are admitting you've done something wrong. If yeah. any any patient or customer wants their money back and you're insured with Hamilton Fraser, if you're not insured with Hamilton Fraser, I don't care what you do, but if you're insured <laughs> with the Hamilton Fraser, give yeah. us a call. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the worst case, the, the, the worst thing, the best thing, I suppose, if you can't get hold of us, because this happens at 10 o'clock at night, is get in contact with the customer and say, I'm going to deal with this. Don't panic. Let's arrange something. Never say, I'll ring my insurance company. Just say, before we do anything, let's just calm down a minute. Let's let's meet up. Let me have another look. There's nothing wrong in saying, oh, sorry. There's nothing wrong in saying, oh, something's gone wrong there. Just don't admit 
that it was down to you. It could be a myriad of stuff. If they're if they're doing um, a, um, um, a laser treatment, if a practitioner is doing a laser treatment, how do you know that that customer hasn't gone off to the Bahamas for a week and left their legs in the uh, boiling sun? Yeah, yeah. So it's not always the practitioner's fault, but it's how you deal with it makes generally makes most of our big claims are because the practitioner's not handled the patient yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they've gone to a lawyer and the lawyer's going lovely jubbly i can make a lot of money here yeah. Yeah. so that's all i'm saying give us a call if you can if you if you possibly can before you do anything you sounded like my wife a minute ago where she says sorry but doesn't admit to anything absolutely i've <laughs> learned that with 35 years of marriage as well yeah. harry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and um, there's a myth. Is this a myth? Because uh, I know I speak to a lot of clinicians, especially dentists, that the more times they phone their indemnifier, the higher their premium is going to be the following year. No, that is an absolute myth. Yeah. yeah. So an insurance company will not penalise you for notification of a claim. Yeah. In fact, some insurance companies will actually give you uh will treat you better the more they understand about what you're doing because if there is something that you're causing a lot of complaints they can help you make yourself better on that yeah. yeah the only time your premiums will go up is two reasons one the market rate goes up okay, so yeah. all the insurance companies start putting their prices up because losses are coming in from other areas or if you have big claims and it's no different than anything else that ultimately if you're paying a thousand quid for your premium but every year you're claiming two grand yeah. it doesn't take a genius to work out the insurance company's losing money yeah but you know we've had uh, we've had large claims where the prices never move at all it's just that's what we're here to do yeah you know, we're here for the catastrophe we insure ourselves behind the scenes for those catastrophes anyway so we expect one or two big claims every year i've got a couple of claims going through where actually the price has gone down okay because actually at the end of that claim new procedures were put in that make the risk a lot better than it was before or whoever did that treatment if it's a larger clinic has left you with me so don't not call us or your insurance company if it's elsewhere don't not call us because you think oh my price is going to go up if it goes up and you're paying 500 quid a year it's going to go up by 10 percent but you could be paying back a thousand pounds worth of treatment yeah yeah so i think the message here between the two of us is talk to us but don't panic you're not going to get claims every day of the week and your premiums are not going to fly up you with yeah. me? Perfect, Thank you for that, Eddie. Um, I know the answer to this. We get uh, obviously delegates just starting out in aesthetics, yeah. and they say they email me saying, "Do I need to get my insurance on the, for the training day?" Well, okay. What a great question. Whoever asked that, that uh, what a great question. So there's two things there. So some training courses, most training courses, should I say, uh, will have insurance for delegates. Yeah. So if you you've got a training course, yeah, the, the, the Harry Singh training course, yeah, you're insured with us for training. Yeah. And as part of that training, we will insure 
your delegates for that day or those three days, depending on how long. There should be no cost to the delegate there. Why do we do that? It's because you're supervising. There is someone there supervising. Ultimately, if you bring in models uh, um, uh, to do the treatments on, to practice the treatments on, and something goes wrong, it's not the delegate that gets sued, it's Harry. the training course and that's what we provide the training course insurance so your delegates don't need to be insured whilst they're with you the training course but as soon as they walk out the door and start doing it themselves is when they need the insurance okay so very very important that they don't need to go and buy insurance before they train yeah could be paying 500 600 quid you turn up at Harry's course and you think this is not for me. Yeah. Well, you won't get your money back because there's no cancellation mm. uh, uh, a clause in an insurance policy. Same with the indemnity policies. Yeah. 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 But obviously the delegates got to certainly ensure why they're treating the models. They've got the consent, the post off. You've the... still got to, if yeah, you're doing yeah. the models, then the, but the training course should be getting the consent. Yeah. Uh, and this is this opens up another whole myriad of questions harry for another day about what does a quality training course look like oh god and if you're turning up for a training course in a hired room in an office block yeah yeah then you need to think is this the training course i'm or at someone's home yeah there's no clinical area it's open to everybody and you're in a conference room treating people You've got to ask the question, is that the type of training course I want to go to? Or the worst is they treat each other. (laughs) Everyone likes a freebie. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Until it goes wrong, then then I think I think I think the future of aesthetics will be that the regulation that's coming down the line for all cosmetic practitioners, it will start with the training courses. Yeah. Because you need to regulate and deal with the training courses before you start dealing with the practitioners. Yeah. So that's where I see the next year, two year is training courses will have to get a qualification and they'll have to be regulated by someone. Yeah, definitely. Needs doing. Okay. Um, So obviously, this podcast is more biased towards marketing. Yes. Should clinicians or medical professionals be marketing for their aesthetic services? Uh, how do you get your customers if you don't market? Yeah. Uh, now, when you talk about marketing, marketing is a myriad of, uh, of, of skills. So marketing could be as simple as emailing people with, yeah. with, with details of your services. It could be social media. Yeah, it could be... TikTok, it could be uh, adverts in magazines, it could be doing what you and I are doing now, yeah. which is a podcast talking about. So marketing, again, I'll come back to something I said earlier. Most practitioners are fantastic practitioners. Hmm. Most practitioners are not yet fantastic business people. Hmm. And um, that's where we try and help as well. We've got a we've got a conference each year called the Aesthetics Business Conference ABC, and that's geared towards new practitioners and all the different skills you need to be a successful business. 
we're not here to tell you how to be a good medical professional. Yeah. You know, you've got lots of other people to do that. But marketing is a big part of this conference. So you just need a few tips when you're, when you're doing uh, marketing. Know, know the laws around marketing. You know, yeah. there's certain things that you cannot do in terms of marketing before the advertising agent standards come along. Yeah. yeah. You can't use the word Botox. It's mm. a registered name owned by Allergan. Yeah? yeah. So if you're talking about an advert, you're talking about a social media post, you cannot use the terminology Botox yeah. because that's owned by someone else and they could sue you. So mm. it's all about toxins. The other big area is these buy one, get one freeze and these vouchers and these Groupon type yeah, things. Yeah. The Advertising Standards Agency and other organisations are all over that. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you are at the end of the day, you are offering a medical service. Yeah. So you have to be careful with your language and the imagery. If you're going to post up uh, pictures of customers and before and after, have you got their permission? Yeah. Mm. Before you do it. So you could get actually caught out in lots of things. The best marketing is marketing to your local community. Yeah. You know, understanding who your customer is. Look, if you're going to set up a business and you're going to aim your services at the rich and the famous, there's a good example. Then make sure that they're the one, they're the people that are going to sue you for the most money. Yeah. And they're going to be very, very particular in how they look, mm. what treatments they're having, especially if they're going to go into a magazine on telly they're a pop star, they're a film star. And film stars these days can be Z-listers. There's so much streaming going on. So you need to understand your customer. Yeah. Yeah? And when you're marketing to them, you need to market to them at the right level. You know, And they're not going to be interested in buy one, get one free and vouchers. They want a quality service. Yeah, But marketing is really important. We could talk for hours on marketing. But yes, you need to market. Otherwise, you'll be sitting in your clinic for a long time waiting for those customers to come through the door. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Eddie. But yeah, it's an interesting point you said about ASA and MHRA not advertising PRMs. And I tell my delegates that they say, oh, every other dentist or doctor in the area is doing it. And I say, all oh, because they're doing it doesn't make it right. Absolutely. And it's generally not it, it, the way the world works. Uh, that's why I'm not a criminal, actually, because I'd be caught out straight away. I'm that person that, you know, so <laughs> poor, that yeah. if they're going to pick on anyone, same with the tax yeah. man, never dodge your taxes because yeah. you're going to be the one they find. That's it. So don't ignore what goes round with everyone else, Harry. It's just not worth it. You with me? Yeah. Let's say someone has made a mistake and they've advertised a PRM and they get a letter from ASA, MHRA, is it wise to contact you guys? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, because what could happen then is that we may not be able to deal with that issue, you know, yeah. although we do have legal expenses cover built in, but legal expenses policies are very, very difficult to navigate. More importantly, you could end up with a um, um, uh, a tribunal against you. And that's we do insure. Okay. We insure the costs of any tribunal. So if you're brought up against the NMC or the GDC, yeah. you will actually pay for those costs. Okay. 
So it's very important if you get anything like that, guys out there, you contact us because if it does end up in a tribunal, we can help you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know. Value for money with Hamilton Fraser. I tell you, it gets better and better and better. We're not just an insurance provider, Harry. We we are here to help. And going back to ABC conference, I definitely recommend our listeners. I've been to them. I've spoken at one. I think I got banned after speaking once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's a really good marketing business and networking event as well. Yeah, there's lots of things about tax, lots of things about corporate structures, lots of things about um, uh, social media and lots of things about the caring side of things. You know, body dysmorphia, we did a session on last year because a lot of people have body dysmorphia. And unless you are geared up to spot it, Mm. mental health is another area which is obviously part of body dysmorphia, but mental health is massive and a lot of people are getting treatments at the moment because they think it's going to make them feel better yeah but it doesn't always work that way so it's actually you've got to be as a practitioner now you've got to be a a nurse a doctor a dentist you've got to be a psychiatrist a psychologist a social worker you've got to have all of those little skills built in yeah so that you can actually give the right treatment for the right uh, uh, um, issue at the right time. Yeah, you got to get under the uh, coin a pun. You got to get under the skin of your patient. Yeah, and and here's a little tip for your for your for your listeners. If you have a gut feeling that a patient that's come in the door is going to be a nightmare, the best advice I can give is send them down the road to your competitor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't treat that person yeah recommend someone down the road who might be better than you that's how i would do it yeah. because if you genuinely think there's going to be a problem trust me you will have a problem and us experience guys i've learned that the hard way yeah. absolutely as you get more experience you end up saying no to more patients but when you first start you want to help everyone and I get that. And I especially especially when there's money involved and you're trying to build a business and you've got expenses all over the place. There is a temptation just to pile them high, you know, treat them quickly, get them in the door. But you're right, Harry, it, that is a road to ruin in the even if it's not financially a ruin, mentally yeah, it yeah. take its toll on you. Definitely. Okay, let's have some bit of fun. Have you ever posted a TikTok video? I have. I um, I'm not. A, I, I'm not. My daughter, my youngest daughter, she's 15. Emily, she's into TikTok quite a lot, as you can imagine, at that age. Um, we are always looking at, at Hamilton Fraser. We're always looking for different ways of trying to get the name out there. And we had a, a young lad come in for um, uni working. You know, summer working. Yeah. And uh, he managed to persuade Owen, my marketing uh, uh, director, my head of marketing, uh, that we should do something on TikTok. And guess who ended up uh, putting his hand up? So I ended up doing a series of three or four 15, 20 second TikToks. Yeah. Um, had nothing to do with insurance. It was just to get the profile. Yeah, of course, yeah. And my, I, let me tell you, I think we got something like 50,000 views. Now, that's nothing compared to the big TikTokers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 50,000 views. I thought, oh, I'll have to stay indoors now in case anyone uh, 
<laughs> do you know what those sort of platforms uh, are some of the best practitioners use um instagram and tiktok um facebook's dying out a little bit for us older people i don't know about all the younger people i think yeah, I yeah my kids are saying 15 some they're not on facebook but TikTok, yeah, Instagram. But TikTok, they are really good ways i don't think you get much traction if you just do it one off yeah. if you're doing like you're doing harry with these podcasts where you've done hundreds of them over the last two to three years people get to recognize and yeah. they start following yeah so if you're going to do it for business You've got to do it more than once. You've got to have a plan. But if you're just larking about, the other thing very quickly is remember, uh, as a if as a business owner, which a lot of your listeners will be, social media can be what could be bad for you as well as good. Yeah. So people will follow you as an individual as much as they'll follow you for your business. Hmm. So if you're an idiot as an individual, they'll yes. track that back to you. Yeah. For your business. So I think you've just got to be careful with social media that you are consistent. If you're always an idiot, fine, and people are following you, great. (laughs) But if you're trying to be professional in one world, but you're not being professional, they will cross over and come up and bite you on the backside. Yeah. I bet get rid of all those mankini photos I got of myself. Well, that was the first thing I did when I went on to TikTok. (laughs) Check everything I've ever done on social media. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. what do you see as the future of aesthetics? Uh, what, a, what, a, what a question. Uh, well, one, it's going to be regulated. Okay. Yeah? So licensing is on its way. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, a trustee of the JCCP, the Joint Council of Cosmetic Practitioners, and we um, completely unpaid. It's, it's yeah, a yeah. passion. Um, and we sit around as, as a charity. It's a charitable organisation, and we are all about improving standards and helping the industry reg- self-regulate before regulation comes in yeah, yeah. licensing will come in for premises and practitioners for cosmetic treatments within the next couple of years yeah yeah so watch out in the summer for some government announcements but it is coming in so we need to prepare yeah. So how will that work with the um, with the with the future I think you'll get a lot more professional people. Yeah. in the industry i think um you'll always have your underground treatments you'll always have your underground practitioners but the consumer awareness will be a lot higher and the consumer will be a lot more educated yeah. as well so we might as well jump on board with it it's a four billion pound a year industry cosmetics when uh, about five years ago when we did our last uh, research into this it was 2.7 billion so in the last five years it's grown by what nearly 50 percent yeah yeah and we expect it to double again in the next 10 years yeah so i think the opportunities for well-run practitioners good businesses professional and responsible treatments if that's what you're in it for yeah it's a great industry Yeah. yeah but if we mess it up between us by um encouraging um poor 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 treatments and poor responsibility if we encourage this to go onto the high street without the right regulation if we allow everyone to do these treatments yeah it's going to backfire 
yeah so we all need to work together i think and then i think it's going to be a wonderful industry worldwide it, there's a massive boom yeah, everyone yeah. wants to look younger yeah you know i'm 93 but you're looking at me at the moment <laughs> and i look about 50 don't i so everybody wants to look great yeah the pandemic helped because we were all sat looking at ourselves on zoom yeah yeah we all look at us we're all getting older we all want to look better and feel better and it's more acceptable now isn't it yeah. so a good good industry to be in yeah and as you being from the start people are not just looking at their face looking at body treatments they're looking at the inside of their body what they're feeding themselves supplements yeah. it's all part of a big it's all about it's a holistic approach isn't it it's yeah. not one thing um i actually think um uh, uh, fat reduction actually is um, another big holy grail which the industry will eventually discover yeah. I think they're getting better and better at anti-aging and I think it's evolved in terms of uh, when I was first doing this and you were first doing this um, it was like um, a monster show sometimes yeah. yeah. but now it's an art form yeah. and the best practitioners are subtly changing appearance rather than the big face on complete overhaul you know and this is up changing their demand i remember i've had patients for 20 years they were okay they want bigger lips bigger cheeks now they want a more natural, more natural. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely so a good industry to be in guys good industry yeah. what time is flown by eddie oh, oh I was just... half our questions <laughs> i'm sorry yeah no that's fantastic what a what a wonderful opportunity to uh to have a chat with you, Harry. No, no, thank you, Eddie. So if our listeners want to find out more about Hampton Fraser and the ABC conference, uh, where can they, obviously we'll post some links when we post this episode. Yeah, so where our, can they go? our main website is um, uh, hamiltonfraser.co.uk. That's our uh, cosmetic practitioner website. It's not just about, you can buy your insurance online if you so wish or get a quote online, but it's also got lots of information going back years about trends and uh, surveys that we've done, advice and tips on how to deal with complaints and uh, claims. We've also got a find the training course section where we register training courses for Hamilton Fraser and you can find the best. They'll always come back to you, Harry, don't worry. (laughs) Uh, Lots of different specialist training courses that we've got on there. An aesthetic business conference, which is aestheticsbusinessconference.co.uk, ABC. You'll find that on the main website as well. That show, that conference, one day at the Royal College of Physicians uh, will be in October this year. Okay. And tickets, tickets for that, I think they're not expensive. They're 100 quid. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. That. It's yeah. good value for a whole day at the, uh, the Royal College of Physicians with expert speakers. Limited numbers, though, we've got there. So get in early. If the food is good as well. You know, can I just say, I'll be up front, just go for the food. I know, that's what I do. Food (laughs) is, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. We don't make money out of this. It's not about making money. So all the money goes into the delegates, into the exhibitions and the food. But the food every year just gets better and better. Yeah. In the centre of London as well. (laughs) That's why we need that fat-dissolving treatment. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you again, Eddie, for your time and your valuable experience and advice. Lovely. And let's do this again one day. Definitely. Okay.